0: I'm Jamelyn Steffen, and this is Want to Want It, episode number 39, The Difference Between Love and Desire. Welcome to Want to Want It, a podcast for women of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are ready to ignite not only their sexual desire, but all of their desires to create a more fulfilling life and marriage. I'm Jamelyn Steffen. I'm a certified life coach, a wife, and a mother of seven children. I'm excited to share my personal journey to desire with you, and teach you how to desire more as well. Hello, everybody! Welcome to the podcast today, episode 39. I signed it a round number, but for whatever reason, I was like, "Wow, I've done 39 episodes." I know there's people with hundreds of episodes, but yeah, I just felt a little bit shocked today when I started to record this. I am going to have to say I'm kind of proud of me. (laughs) I honestly thought after 10 episodes, I'd be done. So this is really good. Today, I'm talking about the difference between love and desire. And I really want to talk about how that relates to our marriage relationships. Because sometimes we portray love and desire as the same thing. We use the words sometimes interchangeably, but they are not the same thing. That being said, though, We do ideally want both love and desire in our marriage relationship. So I want to start today by talking about love. The feeling of love is stable and certain. It feels peaceful. It feels safe. It feels complete, sometimes people will say. It can feel like acceptance and belonging. Desire, on the other hand, is a more expansive or a novel feeling, something that feels new in an interesting way. Desire has yearning in it. Passion resides in desire. Desire feels strong and motivating and exciting. Desire comes from something that is referred to as Eros energy or life force energy. Desire is therefore an energy that feels life-giving. Think about what it feels like to fall in love. When we are falling in love with someone, our desire is super high and that's why we feel so alive. That life-giving energy is so high. Eros energy or desire also feels like we are expanding, especially when we're being creative or connecting with others, or learning something new and exciting for the first time. It makes us feel so alive. Love is not as strong of a force as desire is. It still feels good, but it doesn't have that intensity that desire has, and therefore it doesn't have the same drive to act that desire has. Not that we never act from love, because we do. We know that we do, but desire is just a stronger force. It moves us and it motivates us to act more than love alone is going to. Desire is a super powerful force in a marriage, and it's more powerful than love there as well. But it's not more important than love. Please don't hear me say that. It is just a stronger force than love. Esther Perel is a well-known couples therapist, and she talks about wanting love and desire. She says we want both predictability and spontaneity. Like, love is the predictability and the stability we want. But we also want the expansion that desire gives us. We want the certainty of love and the novelty of desire. We want passion. She goes on to say that we want love and desire. And ideally, we want it with the same person because the happiest marriages have love and passion or that love and desire. It's the magic combination of stability and expansion. The truth is, is that autonomy is key to increasing your desire for anything. And if you want to increase your sexual desire, you need to have sexual autonomy. Now, like I said before, you want to be loving and to be loved because it's hard for sexual desire to thrive in a lot of uncertainty or in a high risk situation. But if there is control or compulsion in your sexual relationship, or if you feel like that at least, like your sexuality isn't yours and it belongs to someone else, your sexual desire will be very low. Remember, desire is expansive and it needs space to make that happen. Jennifer Finlayson Five says that desire is so central to personhood, it is central to thriving, to being an equal, to having your own mind. So, when you cultivate your own desire, you are expanding yourself and bringing more of you to your most intimate relationship. So, you can see why we want to have both love and desire in our marriages. Love speaks to our human need to belong to others and to be in meaningful relationships for that attachment. Desire speaks to our human need for autonomy, for the freedom to pursue dreams or goals or to continue to develop ourselves and to feel like we are actually fulfilling the measure of our creation separate from other people. Jennifer Finlayson 5 says that love is the anchor and desire are the waves. And I really actually like that analogy. And I also like to think about it like water skiing behind a boat. You hold onto the rope and it anchors you to the boat. And you have to be connected to the boat to successfully water ski. It's kind of the constant. It's the certainty. And as long as you hold on to that rope, you can have a whole lot of fun behind that boat. You can do tricks and jumps and drop a ski if you want. You're free to express yourself on the water however you want. So you want the stability and the anchoring of the boat while you're enjoying the freedom of your ski. So another thing that Esther Perel shared that is so fascinating is that from the moment we are born, we straddle two sets of contradicting needs. The need for security and the need for freedom. We want to belong to a group and we want to belong to ourselves. So people pleasers find themselves strongly on the side of security. They need to be accepted. They need to feel like they are acceptable. So when they finally come and talk to me, they have a ton of resentment towards everybody else because they feel like they don't belong to themselves at all. They feel like they have no freedom. They've spent so much time in that need for security. And ignoring that need for freedom, that need for autonomy. And then you get the people where freedom trumps everything. And being able to do what they want, when they want, how they want to do it without having to think of another soul is the best thing for them. They love it. Except they're desperately lonely because they don't have that security and stability of a group that matters to them. And that they matter to as well. So these desires for security and freedom exist within each of us, and they exist in our marriages. So we want the love, and we want the desire. We want that security, and we want that freedom. Now, when it comes to sex, both love and desire are important. But it seems that being loved is actually not as important to us as being desired when it comes to that sexual relationship. We like the feeling of being desirable and of being desired. We want to feel like we are someone else's heart's desire—that they are choosing us because they desire us, and not just to have sex with us, but they desire all of us and they want all of us. I remember coming out of a long-term relationship at 19, which sounds hilarious. I mean, what's long-term for a 19-year-old? Whatever. We <laughs> we'd been dating off, mostly on, but on and on for about 18 months. So, you know, it was my first relationship long-term for me. Anyways, I remember telling my dad that I was afraid that no one else would ever choose me again. Now, my dad was very wise. After watching my last relationship and seeing how needy it all was, he said to me, One day, you are going to meet someone who wants to be with you more than he needs to be with you. And when he said that, although I genuinely worried that that was impossible for me, I knew that that's what I really wanted. I wanted to be with someone that just wanted to be with me, not because of what I was going to give them or how I was going to fill in all the gaps of their self-esteem, but because they liked me and wanted me to be a part of their already great life. And so when I met my husband and we started to date, I knew that this was a good relationship for me, not just because he wasn't acting needy, but because I wasn't acting needy. I could feel in myself that I just wanted him to be mine just because of who he was not because I needed him to fill something up inside of me. I mean, I say that, I was 20 years old and not super confident all the time, so it probably wasn't just pure wanting, but I could feel the difference in myself when I felt this comfortable wanting and not such a heavy needing. And that's really what we all want in our marriages is we want to be desired and chosen. But sometimes what you will see is because everybody wants to be desired and they worry that they won't be, that they're not going to be chosen, they start to try and control their spouse and control the relationship. So I'm going to give this example to you using um men as kind of the higher desire partner, women as the lower desire partner. It's totally stereotypical. I'm going to say it probably is the more common dynamic, but It For the purpose of this, it will just help me in giving this example if I just say the husband and the wife. So I don't want to offend anyone. Love you all. If this is not your reality, don't take offense. Anyways, so what will happen is you will have this husband who has a high desire for sex and his wife's desire is lower than his and he feels like she doesn't desire him, that she doesn't choose him. But he really wants to be chosen and he wants her to desire him, but he's so afraid that she's not going to choose him how it feels good to him and how it feels authentic to him. And so he starts to try and control their sexual relationship because it feels really scary to worry that you're not good enough, maybe, and she's not going to choose you and that you're just maybe not desirable anymore. And it just feels really risky to leave that to your wife to decide to maybe not choose you. So what will happen is instead of allowing themselves to actually be chosen, the husband will start to try and control the sexual relationship. And that can look like pouting or having angry outbursts or telling their wife that, you know, I have needs and you're supposed to take care of them. And so the wife may concede and have sex to pacify the husband. But the husband's just shot himself in the foot now because what he really wanted was to feel like he was chosen. But instead, he forced her essentially to choose him And now he never really gets to feel like, I'm wanted, I am desired, I am chosen, because he forced it. So even though he got the sex that he wanted, he didn't get that confidence that I am desired, that I am wanted, I am chosen. And that's what he really wanted in the beginning. And the lower desire partner, the wife, never really gets the chance to genuinely choose or desire her husband because he's always trying to force her to choose. And more often than not, it ends up decreasing her sexual desire because she doesn't feel like she really has that autonomy or that freedom in their sexual relationship, and it revolves more around him than around her. This also puts the wife into more of a caretaking role. Like, I take care of my husband's sexual needs, and that can be a great act of love. But it is not erotic, and that is not good sex, because good sex thrives on the erotic more than on caretaking. In fact, caretaking in sexual relationships kills sexual desire. So we want to be chosen so badly that sometimes we don't allow people to choose. Now, I've just used the word erotic, (laughs) and this can be a really loaded word for people. I actually was really repulsed by this word when I started to hear it more as I've been learning more over the years. My mind instantly was like, erotic dancers, pornography, all the things that I think are so evil. But the definition of erotic is relating to or tending to arouse sexual desire or excitement. And I think that is what we all want more of in our marriages, is that desire and that excitement. Esther Perel says that if you want to cultivate erotic intelligence, you need these ingredients. Imagination, playfulness, novelty, curiosity, and mystery. Think about one of your favorite, most memorable sexual encounters. What was it about that experience that made it so amazing? Imagination, playfulness, novelty, curiosity, or mystery? I guarantee that at least one of those ingredients was present during that experience. Eroticism is therefore expansive and key to sexual desire. Because anything we do that expands us is going to increase our desire. Now, that may be sexual desire, or it may just be desire in general. Desire to reach a goal. Desire to change. Desire to try something new. And as we listen to those desires and do them, act upon them, we're going to experience more expansion, more passion, more novelty, more curiosity, more of ourselves. And that, in turn, will increase our desire. And it just becomes a self-sustaining cycle. So I remember being part of a book club and I just loved reading new books and then getting together to discuss them. And there was often a lot of vulnerability shared at these meetings and there was always amazing food because the women that were in this group were so fantastic with food and we always laughed a ton and just had the best time at book club. It was so fun and it was something that I did really completely for myself and I got to connect with other women, and I just felt more alive after these meetings always. And I have to tell you, when I would get home from book club, my husband was the most attractive man on the whole planet. And he hadn't even been with me all night. But doing something that filled me up and expanded my mind and taught me something new increased the feelings of desire inside of me. So maybe after listening to this, you have realized a few things. Maybe you have been confusing love and desire. I think this happens. We think they're the same thing, but they really are just two separate elements that we want in our marriage. We want that steady, secure, peaceful feeling of love. And we want that expansive, novel, exciting feel of desire. And you can work on both of these, but it may help you to know and to understand the difference between love and desire. Now, love can totally be the impetus at times for intimacy. I think it is a really important ingredient in any good sexual relationship. It doesn't always have to be this burning passion that drives you to your bedroom. But if you feel like your desire is lower than you want it to be, just know that desire can be cultivated and increased just by the way you think. Just by allowing yourself to even start desiring. And I am going to do a whole podcast on increasing your sexual desire next week. So listen for that. Remember, we want the anchor and we want the waves. We want the security and we want the freedom. And if we can learn how to balance these two, this love and this desire, they go together so powerfully and are so impactful in our marriages. I hope you have the most fantastic week. I hope you will look and see how love and desire are playing out in your marriage and what you can do to increase both of them if you want. Have a good week. Bye. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you hear on the podcast and you'd like to learn more, feel free to head over to my website, com, or find me on Instagram or Facebook at jaymelandstephancoaching.